Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It on Mom Brain. Welcome back to Blame It on Mom Brain. This is Jodine. And this is Amanda, and we'd love to give you a fair heads up that on today's episode, we are going to discuss something that may be possibly triggering for some parents, some moms, where we're going to be diving a little bit into miscarriage and how that experience can look. So if this doesn't feel like an appropriate time or headspace or heart space for you to carry this topic and conversation, as always, we invite you to visit us at our next most um, uh, well-received episode where you feel like you're in a better headspace to listen to a different topic and either skip this one entirely, come back to it at a different time when you feel like it may be more healing and hopeful for you. But until then, we just hold space for where you're at and we appreciate you tuning in to Blame It on Mom Brain. Yeah, exactly. And last week, Amanda shared with us the wonderful news that she is pregnant with baby number two, 14 plus at the time she was 14 weeks long probably 15 weeks at this point but unfortunately in between her first pregnancy and this now pregnancy there was another pregnancy that was a loss so today Amanda's going to share some more about the experience of going through a miscarriage and because that was the first time either of us I've never experienced one so um that was the first time we could even talk about that with any sort of um true you know context. relation to it got any context at all so yeah yeah so however you would like to start about talking about it amanda just go for it so well i thought that it'd be helpful to make this an independent episode because my hope is really that um you know while i am pregnant with a rainbow baby at this point and if you don't know what that means a rainbow baby is the pregnancy that you gain after a loss or multiple losses um, you know, it's just to provide a bit of support and understanding for our listeners who may have who may have been through this before. Um, and, you know, there's uh, a, a high chance that many have given the I think it's what one in four women who mm-hmm, can experience some mis- yeah, experience miscarriage. So I, you know, even though you and I hadn't, it doesn't mean that the people around us are not silently experiencing things like that. And mm-hmm. you would be shocked when we shared my pregnancy I was willing to say that it was a rainbow baby that was on the way. And the amount of support that I gained from either, you know, sending sympathy and thoughts and love to, I get it, we've been there, or I, this has happened to me a few times and my, my last born is a rainbow baby. We're so happy to hear for you. Like, or I'm in this right now and you've given me hope or like, those are the types of reasons why I'd love for this episode to exist because mm-hmm. it's something that now that I have experience with, that you carry it too, whether or not it was fulfilled, it's carried regardless. And that is worth discussing mm-hmm. in our motherhood journey to me. Yeah. yeah. So when, when I, when I first became pregnant, I shared this before that I had a really hard time accepting the fact that I was pregnant because I knew so many people that had lost children prior to that yeah you said this yeah yeah this was a huge fear of mine was that I didn't want to create any attachment or any bond to this child because I kind of assumed that I wouldn't keep it like not that by choice but it wouldn't you know it wouldn't I don't even know what the word is 
use. wouldn't carry through, wouldn't go full. It wouldn't term. carry, yeah, exactly. That I would lose the baby, and I didn't. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I have a daughter now, um, but you know that was a huge fear of mine. And so watching you go through that, it's like this is that is the reason why I was so fearful of of in my first pregnancy. Um, so just walk us through a little bit about the experience because you had a lot going on in your life at the yeah. time that you even found out you were pregnant um, yes. with that child. So yeah, just dive in a little bit of what you were going through at the time. So it's definitely not something that I, I like, it was just a very, very busy period of my, in my life where we <laughs> were leaving um, a six month living abroad stint in New Zealand with my partner's uh, family, visiting my partner's family and stuff. And um, I, was realizing that I wasn't feeling very well. I was struggling with my vision. I remember telling my partner, I can't see you. Like, I can't see you from this eye. I can't see you at all. And we're there with luggages everywhere, six months worth of a little mini life that we've built out on the other side of the planet and a flight to catch in four hours. And mm -hmm. we just, I, I just had to lie down. Him, a couple of friends and family took over, helped pack while I was out and watched our little one. And we managed to get on what ended up being like a 25 hour travel day, you know, 16 of which were in the plane itself. So it was a hefty trip. It's a big, it's a big trip. And when we arrived, we were so lucky to have Jodine and Neil take us into their guest suite that they have at their apartment building, saved us lots of money, saved us lots of headache of trying to find somewhere to be, saved us, you know, Airbnb crap. And so it was great to be able to be supported in that way. And basically, the minute I stepped a toe off the plane, we were at an optometrist's office. Remember? Yeah, like, yeah. We, it was like the next day mm -hmm. that I just kept telling you guys, I can't see. We need, mm -hmm. so maybe let's go to the optometrist. We legit mm -hmm. went to like a spec savers in a mall. Okay, you guys, like, I just, that was sort of the, the way that it felt and whatever's available. And um, we walked in and the optometrist ran a couple of tests and were able to see me pretty quickly. And it became really clear that what I was struggling with was beyond the scope of her expertise and ability to serve and help me in that store. And mm. thank the universe for sweethearts and good Samaritans because she hooked me up with a retinal surgeon, an ophthalmologist. Um, the next day, right? The next day, this woman. Yeah. And she took my cell number and was texting me to give yeah. me his information and address. I was like, who are you? Can you be my best friend? Like, how <laughs> are you helping? She's there in the office, like, you know, just crying with me, like talking about her stories and me sharing my stories. Because basically I sat in there and what she noticed was um, a fluid bubble had appeared behind my retina and she expressed what this could be a result of. She went mm -hmm. through a list. She went through usually people with like really type A personalities um, who can experience not uh, anxiousness pretty easily um, or and are in a really high stress place in their lives can experience something like this. But to make sure it's nothing more, I want you to go to this specialist. It could also be a result of pregnancy. It could also be a result of this buildup or something not working properly in the body elsewhere, X, Y, and Z. And so you know, we went to the ophthalmologist the next day and it was really clear there was something up in my right eye to the point where I couldn't read or see, like I couldn't see. And it was very difficult to experience that because you get panicked right away and I'm stressed mm -hmm. and I'm exhausted and we don't have a place to live of our own yet. And we still have time to, change. 
time change. My kid wasn't going to sleep till one in the morning. He'd eat at three in the morning for supper. Like we were around the clock, the most exhausted, spread thin. Why the fuck did we do this? I should have just left it all behind and stayed in New Zealand for the rest of my life if this is what it meant. Basically, even, I, even though you couldn't legally. Even though I couldn't. Yeah. Like, I would have just like flown really under a radar and lived on a, like yeah. a little rock in an island or something. That would have been easier than everything that we were going through. At least that's what it felt like. Yeah. And it was horrible. It was horrible. Like all of it was happening all at once. I couldn't get sleep. I couldn't get rest. We couldn't feel like we settled anywhere because we didn't. And we ended up actually, you know, having multiple appointments to determine what was going on with my eye. And um, that second appointment, I was asked, like, could it be like, could it be that you're pregnant? And I was like, well, I don't think so. Like, to be sure, like, oh, I, I, like I had tested um, uh, a little bit earlier, like maybe a week or two, two before, and it was negative. So I was like, I don't think so. But I mean, whatever, we'll test again, that type of thing. And so I ended up testing and sure enough, I was pregnant. And that was probably an influence on mm-hmm. what was happening with my eye and the stress and all the other lists of things that it could have been. And so I, um, I ended up having to tell my partner in the office with the ophthalmologist that yeah. that was what was going on. And, and Will was like, okay. Cause he's like, but we're in this office. So can, will she see again? All, all my eye is plastered on like mm-hmm. six screens behind us while he's telling me this. It really wasn't pleasant because it's not that that wasn't exciting, but it's just that I was losing vision and we were panicked, you know? It was like a um, very unfair trade-off. Yeah, it was like, you're pregnant, mm-hmm. but you can't see. And so, uh, anyway. And we don't know how it will affect it long-term. And no. we can't treat you if you're pregnant, if it's this exactly. so-and-so thing. Um, exactly. And this is just a little, like, side bit but you also experienced vision problems with your first pregnancy and yeah. I had no idea that it could even be related like that is apparently more common than than I ever realized um, yes, is that you can your, your vision can deteriorate to some extent during pregnancy yes I, I absolutely think I won't I won't lie I think prior to pregnancy I probably could have done with a visit to an, opt- an optometrist at the time mm-hmm. but at around eight weeks pregnant with my first I had to get glasses <laughs> I had to get glasses yeah, to see yeah. I couldn't see so that was both eyes and glasses mm-hmm. fixed it so it wasn't as scary it wasn't it was just nauseous because of glasses at the same time as you're experiencing nausea for the first time mm-hmm. it was so rough Jodine yeah. I can't even tell you how so much I was it was so overwhelming, but yeah, so I did, I did experience that. And that was, you know, something I actually hadn't remembered at the time because, mm-hmm. you know, he asked like, did anything like this ever happen? And I was like, no, but really it did. And so anyway, we, it's not to this extent, obviously, but. not to this extent where the, the thing that I would had in my line of focus was just a black circle, like white noise. If you mm-hmm. look at an old TV screen. So, um, we we went on to create a, an action plan for me regarding the fact that if I was really pregnant, it was difficult, if not different, completely to treat. Um, it was more so just monitoring and a lot, a lot, a lot of visits versus possibly a different procedure. Um, and so um, a few days later, after finding all of this out, was when I began to miscarry. And interestingly my vision began to improve pretty instantly Mm. and so like you said before another like crappy trade-off where I'm like yay I can see but 
I had just started, guys, it's fast, isn't it? In the span of a couple of days of you discovering the two lines, you can all of a sudden have started to wonder what would you name the thing? What would you, what would your life look like? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the timing? When will birth date be? Like, what's the astrological sign? Like, I don't know. My brain went into really quick, what, what's it going to look like? You input it on the app and then it tells you everything, right? And then it becomes like, oh, this is a real thing. And, and it's funny you say that because I did. I did put it on the did. app. And so I'm there on the apps changing the status of my flow tracking and all this. And mm-hmm. so really like the steps of committing to the idea began. And mm-hmm. a few days in, sure enough, it dissolved. And mm-hmm. I did not anticipate the level of grief that I would experience with that, you know, this, mm-hmm. that dissolving of the vision of the pregnancy. And it was, I, I also think, and I'll get into this a little bit more in this episode, but it was also the words that I was using. I, it was like I had to convince myself. And we talked about this on our, on our previous episode announcing my pregnancy, but I, I wasn't saying the things that felt conducive, supportive, and loving and wholly embracing the path of pregnancy. It was like, how can anyone want to? I'm one and done. It's exhausting. I can't mm. do it. But where will we live? But what about this? I told you all. It was about the what ifs. It wasn't about the even ifs. Mm-hmm. And my language, look, your words, like they mean something. We even discussed like the value in, are you talking, are you speaking kindly to yourself so that you can create the reality of self-care or self-support that you need? And that goes right down to the visions that you want to manifest in life you want to create. If it's always going to be negative or we can never do this, or it's always too hard for me, or I never have the time or I don't deserve it or it's an old habit and I can't break it. Like, what are you saying? And the reality was my language, I believe, seeped into my psyche as well. So I feel like there was a lot that I didn't acknowledge, you know, that I I wasn't ready possibly, you Mm -hmm. know, like that, or maybe that's how it felt. And then I convinced myself to be ready. And then with this loss, it was loss. Mm -hmm. It was grief. It was oh my God, I want that vision and it's gone now. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to understand because it was, did I do something I shouldn't have? Did I say something I shouldn't have? Did I, should I not have, you know, lifted that thing, worked out that way, eaten that, or should I have slept more? Am I too stressed? Is it my fault? Like, oh my God, the dialogue is wild. It's wild. The things you'll- it, It's wild, me. but also you were going through so many things that were completely out of control. Like you had so much- on your plate and and a very high level of stress that was completely out of your control like you yes. had to leave new zealand you were legally not allowed to stay in the country you had no. a 18 month old 18 18 on the day of 18 travel. month old that you had to take care of and had to deal with no matter what his emotional state was yeah. right yeah. so it was like that is a lot. Of adjustment That's or a lack lot. Thereof. Yeah. And you didn't even know where you were going to live. You didn't, you hadn't, you were homeless essentially, right? Like you yeah. had so much on your plate and so much stress that was completely out of your control that you couldn't change. No. And, and then uh, to top it all off, the icing on the cake, you lost your freaking vision, right? It's I know. Like, oh my God. Of all the things like that you could lose, like your vision, it's not like you twisted your ankle it's yeah. that, that you know is going to heal. It's like, oh my God, I can't see suddenly. And that's that's so that's so scary in itself, right? So it was scary. And at the moment, of course, you're thinking like, 
is this something I could do differently? But like, look, thinking back on it, right? And I remember watching you and being like, what the hell are you going through right now? Yeah, like, this yeah. is insane. Like, the, the shit that you have piled on top of each other. Like, no wonder your body is just like, what? What is happening? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and then, of course, you feel grief. And something I think about, like, watching you go through that um, is hearing people that have never had children or have never really gone through the space of really wanting to have a child and needing to have a child. I've heard people say, and again, I am not someone that's ever experienced a miscarriage, um, but I've heard people say like, oh, well, at least it's only a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right? And at the time, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like at least yeah. it's only a weekend where I've I've known people that have lost children after 20 weeks yeah. or something like that. Um yeah. so if you don't mind expanding a little bit on the the feelings that you had quote unquote even though you had only mm-hmm. known for a week. Um yeah. because to someone who has never experienced something like that, it, it it's quite innocent. Like it's not they don't meet, there's no malicious intent behind it. They just don't relate. So if yeah. someone hasn't related to it, how could you explain that to them? I really believe in the fact that it's a, like a breakup with a relation, like a, a breakup in a relationship that you never had time to build. Like mm. you never had time to nurture and create the love, but it existed almost instantly. And so because or even if it's not love, it's at least that vision, like I just said. So I think when people who don't understand because they've never experienced it, try, like like you said, without malicious intent, but maybe they try to they try to console you, but it makes it sound small. It's like, but the thing is that if, if you wanted this, it wasn't small at all. No. If you wanted this, and it turns out for me, even if you weren't sure you did, your your body your cells your atoms your beings your down to your hair the tips of your hair every part of you knows if that was fear or if you really did and i think that it's important to be sensitive to the initial spiritual connection that can exist prior to any other encounter with the mm-hmm. with you know the the being that would one day be Mm-hmm. and you know I've experienced rough breakups with bad boyfriends and those will linger and I think that if you think of it in the way of like you're heartbroken because there it was it was a connection you couldn't you didn't have the time to build and at the same time you're trying to make sure that there's no fear like feelings of guilt or failure that or responsibility when you know that, that that's not true right like you've done everything you can to nurture then you you it's just important to be aware of what that headspace of the, of that woman might be so mm-hmm. I, I for me it popped up in so many ways it was lots of tears lots of time in nature lots of conversations with my partner unexpected moments where someone would say like I have to sell this item it's you know I had a friend who we were uh we borrowed the um up a baby bassinet for for our first born and when uh all of this was happening I was supposed to have a ticket to Montreal to go visit my family for like two weeks Mm -hmm. sell everything we had in the storage unit and ship it across the country of what we wanted to keep 
So my partner had to leave for most of the experience because then we decided I'm not going. I've got to stay with the little one. We cannot deal with a, a second time change. No. And I can't lift. I can't help you. Like I can't do any of it right now. So um, it was like just saying to yourself that there's you need to give this time. You need to give this space to breathe. You need to give yourself time to, to heal. And this friend was, um, uh, actually wanted to, um, regain that bassinet that I was mentioning. And just the thought of having to give the bassinet away, my initial gut reaction was, Oh no, but we're going to need that. Mm. And then all of a sudden right away, like you're reeling in that fish with your fishing line. It was no, that's, we don't need that. It's we the don't. extreme level of disappointment, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yes, I think for someone who can't relate on that level, it's like maybe it's the job you've always wanted that yes. you were like, you almost had it. And then it was like, no, it's not yours or whatever yes. that one thing is that you really, really want. And it feels so close. And then it's just taken away from you. But on yes. top of that is hormones. Yes. which is like, it's not which a psychological right thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> it is something yeah. that is completely like you cannot control at all. And that is what happens to your body when you even go through a mis- When you First of all, when you get pregnant, every yeah. single stage of pregnancy, it's like, oh, what and is the reason for this? It's hormones. It's a hor- oh, my God, hormones. I'd never even talked about hormones since puberty. Um, until I got now pregnant, right? Constantly up. It's constantly a topic up for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you add that level of um, disappointment and then you just add like these just wild um, hormone changes on top of that. And it, it's so much. It's so much. It's so much. much. And so I, much. you know how I just express like it's like you just said where it's something that you really like you really want and then it's gone like that type of thing. And how I shared that for me, it was something you might not even realize that you did. Mm. If anybody's ever watched the show Friends, I can really relate it to the episode where Rachel finds out she's pregnant via Phoebe, who gets the pregnancy test. Um, you know, her and, and Monica at Monica's wedding get her to to find out, and then they read the results. Phoebe reads the results to say that she's not pregnant, and she's and Rachel is surprisingly really hurt that that is the answer, and then you know, she's, she's grieving it. And all of a sudden Phoebe's like, Oh, well, you know, it's kind of really good that you're sad or whatever. And she's like, well, why? And she said, well, because it's actually positive. And all of a sudden you see Rachel get the wave of relief. Mm. She's excited that it's actually positive. She is going to have, you know, the pregnancy or whatever. And so that was what I related it to a lot as well. It was like, yay, yay. Oh, you know, like that sort Mm. of feeling really, really, really fast. And so that's just sort of the best ways I can explain it for now. And maybe as I continue to dive into it, I can, I can feel it through a little bit more, but it's something that lingers and hides and is in plain sight all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's outside of you. It's, it's, it's little cues and triggers and signals inside of you. So the things that you don't even know that you feel like, I just remember to expressing my partner, like, I am actually so upset that this isn't happening. Like mm-hmm. I'd already built the thought, the vision, then you go in and it's all the additional insult to injury, like salt on the wound, where I had to go into all those flow charting, like logging apps and change it to not pregnant anymore. Mm-hmm. So when and your appointments, all, right? You and all, my, all the doctor's appointments. Yes. So I like 
it was just lots of like having to repeat it over and over, mm -hmm. even if it was quietly to me on my phone, switching a status. Yeah. It was the repetition of reminders constantly mm -hmm. that you're not, you're not, you're not. And then you realize, Oh, I really wanted to be. So, mm. um, we, you know, I logged it all and was like, okay, I guess we'll just keep tracking because if nothing else, this has made me really clear on where we want to go. So after this all happened, I remember asking you, I think I remember asking my mom brain is so bad. Um, but how did you make the decision um, to try for another? Because you are pregnant now. So clearly yes. we got pregnant again the second time. There was one loss. Um, but I always wondered, like, how would I feel after, you know, if I had had a loss? How would I feel trying to have one again? Because yeah. for some people, this happens over and over and over again. And yeah. that fear can stop you, right? It can just yes. come to a screeching halt and be like, is this worth it? Like the psychological torture that I'm going through, is that worth it? So um, how did you make that decision? Like obviously you knew from this that you really wanted it. And something like maybe you can talk about the physical side a little bit because – this is something you and I talked about. We didn't understand, like, do you need to go through um, a, a period or an ovulation again? Um, yeah. Because I was completely ignorant about that. I had no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, it's interesting because I can't speak to the multiple losses, right? Like I have no, people try for years, man, and they try it all. And I just cannot fathom the internal spiritual hope strength mental emotional mm -hmm. impact that, that has on people so the resilience involved in that I, I don't know but I I certainly commend everybody in that lane and that path right now you're I'm thinking about you but for me it was heavy on the motivation mm. it was heavy in my Aries fire clear-minded energetically purposeful it was it's the only way I can explain it because like I said, all the language I, and, and, and behavior I had prior to that was so wishy-washy, so non-committal, so like, oh, I don't know where like, and, and you could probably even hear it on that episode we recorded about you discussing how you knew you wanted a second. Like all of it was so up in the air, verbally, internally, mentally for me that this made that shit come to a screeching fucking halt. And it was like, we're having a baby. We're having a second baby. That was it. And like you, I had no idea what that meant. Like, I mean, physically, basically it was like having a period. It, it, that's, it felt um, heavier at times. It lightened up uh, a couple of days in. Um, it didn't feel, um, I mean, it felt a, lot, a little different in that there was like a, maybe a little more clotting, like that type of thing. So it was stuff to keep an eye out for to make sure I was safe as well. And um, it definitely made me tired. I was very, very tired. So that was how it felt physically. So that was how I logged it essentially was just as like got my period again. Cause it's like the apps, unless you pay for them, like you don't have the option to say like miscarriage. Like mm -hmm. that was one thing I learned is that, you know, a free app doesn't necessarily make you get gain that sort of unlocked options. Mm. Others do. And I think what I'd like to talk about too, are a couple of things I read along the way and stuff. But anyway, that was how I logged it on, on the app. Um, and it showed me when my next ovulation window was. 
because I had no experience with this, I was like, is that legit? Like, I remember texting you like a screenshot, like, is that real or is it not? Like, should yeah. this? You're like, it's like this, now. <laughs> it's like now. Yeah. And I was and like, it, what? I was, yeah, I was so like, confused. I thought it would take like a, a month a or month, two like, or something. Thing. Like, And maybe it does for some people. Again, like we're probably not properly versed totally, but I just went with the fact of like, if it's showing that I'm possibly like in a fertile window again or whatever, let like and I'm this clear like let's just mm-hmm. give it a try and be open-minded and in the space of receiving that this is what I want we want mm-hmm. we've grieved like that sort of thing and so um you know we air quotations tried and it ended up being like the instant it, this the like yeah exactly the exact the window one right and, after right the like the fertility window a week and a half later like it happened bam back to back back yeah. to back it's real. really yeah. it really amazes me actually just the fact that the body can do that it does and this sort of brings me to the space beyond the body because the body mind connection is so profound mm-hmm. we know this the way that we speak to ourselves the things that we bring into our internal environment and how we and how we internalize them and interpret them absolutely affects our outside world. But it also, I believe, affects the spirit world pretty heavily. And a book that guided me through, like outside of reading, you know, the articles on apps or online of like, is it normal that I feel this way after a miscarriage? Or was there anything I could have done differently? Like the Googling begins, right? Like you start to look up all this shit. And I don't know if that's just because it was my first time and maybe you've gone through it a few and you stopped the Google search, but that was for me. And New space. One, yeah. And one thing I came across was I was determined to read a book that could help me guide through this spiritually and emotionally because I, I really wanted to gain more insight on that path. Not just like the, your body deemed the, the pregnancy not viable. It's nothing you could have done. Like it was a lot of the physical talk, but I was Mm -hmm. like, what about what I'm feeling in my heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And a book that abs, I couldn't put it down. You guys, I downloaded it on my Kindle and I think I read it. I devoured it. It was the type of book I looked forward to putting my little one to bed every night so that I could sit there and read until I couldn't keep my eyes open. I let my body tell me when it was time to put the book down but I couldn't wait to eat this book up and it's called spirit babies, how to communicate with the child you're meant to have by Walter McKitchen. And it was everything my spirit needed to navigate all the questions. Like why is it taking so long? What connection do we have with our children prior to them joining us Earthside? What's that path? What's this conceptual contract and how does it work between parent and child Um, what are the things that they come to us to learn? How did they come to us? Why do they pick us? Like that sort of thing. It covered every one of these topics. And honestly, if you're a parent, I, I really think that this book is worth reading, whether you've gone through that or not, because while there is a chapter or two on like abortions and miscarriage and these sorts of topics about loss with the spirit babies, which I found massive insight from, it's also just the way that you find out, um, you know, a, a path that this um, that this clairvoyant medium, Walter McKitchen, like just has to offer in his perspective for eager parents, like so that they can create a warm, supportive, nurturing environment for their like soon to be conceived child to be born and, and, and what their relationship and connection is before they even join join you spiritually speaking. And it was brilliant. 
Oh, Jodine, I feel like you've got to read it. Like it was so <laughs> powerful. Um, it basically goes through stuff about like helping you get clear on how to start a family, why you can, or, or what blockages might be there, you know, karmic pairings between you and your child, um, the energy to have and support these spirit babies, like those sorts of things. And when it got to the point of the miscarriage episode, like something that really got me was one, one section that was elaborating on these children have this karmic relationship to you and want you to be their parent on purpose for Mm -hmm. a reason. Um, They also have things they need to either learn in this lifetime or they pick you because they have something to teach you in this lifetime. And Mm. it's the other way around. And in this particular section, he mentioned like, sometimes though, they need to feel certain that they're wanted. They need to feel certain that you want them around and possibly did they, was there any doubt that could have been planted maybe in Mm -hmm. conception on your part that maybe didn't make that super clear yet. And so I realized it was eye-opening how unclear I was. It was shocking. I was just going to ask you, how did that feel like reflecting on your your own situation? Yeah, it felt, it felt, it felt loud and clear. It felt to the point of like goosebumps of of like, I'm supposed to read this, this, Mm. this baby wants me to, to read this. That's what it felt like. It was so fucked up how in tune with my spiritual self I became whether it was being alone, you know, at a river in a forest and breathing through that or doing yoga in, you know, a dark room. Like I just found ways to just connect with myself and talk about this loss with myself and find out why it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. When I'd said all that stuff about one and done, not sure. And what if all this, right? Like yeah. it was like, it was like, it was calling me out and I couldn't look away from a mirror. Mm-hmm. I was just given. And you know, it, it just made me realize like there, there, we can communicate with them. If we can remain open, we can create the environment they need to feel that. And it was almost like to me, that real authentic, genuine feeling of grief was like the, Oh, you do want me. Okay. I'll be there next week. Don't worry. It was so like when I peed on the stick for this pregnancy after that loss, I realize that they reoccur, like they'll try again. They'll try mm. again and again and again to be here. And your children even know what order they want to be born in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're like, I want a boy. I want a boy. I want a boy. Or I want a girl. I want a girl. And you're like, well, you'll get one, mm-hmm. but it has to be this one first. So mm. are they wanted? Mm-hmm. Do you want this one? You know, right? Like they're waiting in lines. Uh, you've got to read this book, Jodine. Anyway, <laughs> look, and, and some people will listen to me saying this and listen to this book and be like, that's absolute bullshit. And that's yeah, fair. This may not be, yeah, yeah, this may be nothing up your alley or jam. I am known to connect with mediums and clairvoyance, and I absolutely feel supported in that realm with their guidance. And I've, I've, I've loved my experiences with those who've helped me connect with the spirits, my higher spirit guides, things like that. It's been very warming and nurturing for me as an adult to do that. But never have I considered it on the conception side of things. Never have I considered it. Why would you, right? Yeah. Like on the the karmic side of the path of the children picking us be not just about those who've been here and are in the beyond now who have passed on, who've passed away. Right. So it, it was so cool if nothing else to just gain that perspective. Now for me, it felt like it resonated. There was resonance for me Mm -hmm. and it was hugely eye-opening, hugely, because it was like, as soon as I peed on that stick, I knew this baby was coming with me the whole way. 
I knew it. And, and can I tell you something? This might, you know, you may believe this or not, but I actually have to Google if this is true or not. But hmm. when you when you pee on the stick, does it stay there? Like, you know how people will pee on a stick and it's like 20 years old and they kept it from like their first pregnancy and, and like both lines are still there, like that kind of thing. Does the, do the lines always stay? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, in my experience, I did because I kept my first one until I read a post that said, if you still have the stick that you peed on, welcome to the weird world of keeping weird shit in motherhood. And I threw the stick out and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then fast forward to my mom telling me she still had my baby teeth. And I was like, no, I can't be that person. Um, But it did for me. Okay. Anyways, and that was like a few months after, but months. Okay, because it did for me too for for my my little guy, and it's still on it now. It's still on it, like that. Yeah, his two lines, like from from pregnancy one. Yeah, he's yeah, almost okay. two. Yeah. I do still have it. Welcome to I'll be welcomed in the weird mom club. I give no fucks. <laughs> but I still have the. I still have it. Okay, mm-hmm. and the two lines are still there. And what was interesting was while I was miscarrying, the second line disappeared. Mm, interesting and it it was another one of those things that acted as the reminder i told you it was Mm -hmm. either internal stuff i only noticed privately or it was conversations externally with people and my partner i remember facetiming him and i was in the bathroom and the stick was still in there and i was just sobbing and i i i I was like and you know something and he goes what i go the line is gone Mm. and he, he was like okay and i was like it didn't it didn't go away for 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 Romeo's. Mm. Anyway, it's like another it, le- level of symbolism. Yes, that's mm. how it felt. It was like they left because they weren't sure and mm. I wasn't sure. And how can you blame them? Like I made it sound like I don't really know if I want you too much. Mm. Like I and again, I'm not trying to blame me. It was just interesting. I'm no, just interested in judging. I'm observing. Like none of this is like, oh, it was all my fault. Like wagging mm-hmm. a finger. Like that's not at all at all how I'm trying mm-hmm. to express this. It was more so insightful and eye-opening again about the power of our, the, the vibrations of our words and how they truly resonate in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that book really made me connect with like, Oh, they tried again quickly because mm-hmm. they were just like, "Oh, you do! Oh my God, you do!" Okay, hold on, hold on. I'll be right there. Like, just and it, try it really again. propelled you to have a clearer mind and to, to to trying again. It did. And it did. it's something that is talked about a lot when you're pregnant, when you're when you know you're pregnant, is to keep your stress levels down, right? I I think there's not enough um, emphasis put on the you know, the mental health aspect of being pregnant. It's mm-hmm. always like, don't lift that. Don't lift this or, yes, you know, don't physical. try too hard. Or, But, yeah. you know, stress is a horrible, horrible thing. Well, just in general, um, yeah. you know, people that have very, very stressful lives, they don't live as long. That's, you know, that's facts. Um, yes. Or they get diseases or whatever. But I think it's something we really need to talk about more in pregnancy and unfortunately, this all happened at a time when you it was completely out of your control that what what you were going through. Um, but things really cleared up for you, and now you are pregnant, and you have such a clearer head. Um, oh my gosh! Going into <laughs> into this this new pregnancy, you know you're not homeless anymore. <laughs> you have a place that you feel really comfortable in. You're feeling really comfortable as a parent right now. 
you're really embracing this pregnancy, your eyesight has improved to some degree, you understand why it could be happening now. And, you know, you, you have been going to see therapy yourself, right? Um, yeah. So it's it's all so positive and you're, you're really creating a space for a really healthy, um, strong pregnancy. And that's, Thank that's you. really lovely to, to be able to see, right? And I'm sure it feels great. It does feel great. You're right. There's a lot of the physical that's emphasized, but it's true that that internal turmoil is heavy. Mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about heavy, like let's talk about the internal mental, spiritual, emotional impact. Like there's a lot in pregnancy as a whole, um, let alone if the pregnancies aren't going the way you hoped. So mm-hmm. it's been really important for me to take the reins. There's exercise, there's daily time in nature. There's deep appreciation for my five senses, because I'm telling you, once you lose one out of nowhere, you have a different appreciation for the fact that you can see your toddler eating mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the breakfast you made. And I'm sorry, but that's something that like has given me just granted such a profound sense of true gratitude for what I can do, can see, um, can carry like these sorts of things. So we're, um, you know, it affected my partner as well. He wanted to make sure that, you know, I was okay first and foremost, but emotionally there was a toll on, on him too, with the experience of just feeling like let down by the vision too but also more than anything he's really great at maintaining a bit of hope and since he's not going through like the hormonal shifts that I was he was a bit more prepared to do that but at the end of the day yes I I did take the time to take the reins on the internal the internal dialogue seeking professional help um, with uh, a registered therapist has been really valuable over the last couple of weeks it's been really, really positive for me to kind of, yeah, I know my vision is not perfect anymore. Again, I'm pregnant. And so things have gone the other way where they Mm -hmm. improved when I had that loss, they sort of returned a little bit when I gained this pregnancy, but I feel hopeful. I have a plan. I have, I'm in the best retinal surgeons hands at this point. And, um, I'm just getting a lot of support from the right friends, family, loved ones, professionals, um, that I'm, I am, I have made the conscious effort to seek to reduce stress for myself and to support our household, mm-hmm. you know, as we've settled into this new space. So, you know, it's, I'm very grateful for everything you and your family have done for us throughout all of this. I know there've been many moments where in, in that space, I just burst into tears in your kitchen and needed to give you a hug. Like I'm like, couldn't say you much. just, you should just leave and go be by yourself down by the yeah, river. Well, Can you just go? Yeah, <laughs> you, Jodine encouraged me to be in nature. And for that, yes. I hope all of you have a girlfriend who's going to tell you to do the same because that, that shit's invaluable. Those are the moments where you need that woman, that friendship, that authentic connection in your life to just be like, we've got this, you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't even tell you how many times Jodine watched my little guy while we were running to a retinal surgeon's office that <laughs> those first few weeks, Jesus, I was in there every two days. Like it yeah. was, it was so drastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just grateful um, to, to help myself. Like we talked about even just self-prioritization you have to be able to realize you've been through so many hard days, but you've always come out with you by your side every single time. So if you're going through a challenging experience, whether it's miscarriage or any other emotional, emotionally, you know, heavy moment, like take your own hand, gather the strength of those around you and, and re- recognize that you'll, you will get through a hundred percent more of these challenging days and, mm-hmm. and wow, you'll learn so much from it. And, 
um, you know, easier said than done. You might carry grief with you, a new notch, you know, on the body, a new scar, a new scar internally that people can't see, but you, you've always got yourself. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I've been really, really proud of the resilience that I've shown, but beyond that, it has shown me like just how powerful we can be and how much we have to learn. And there's so much this life has to offer. So I don't know, just lots of appreciation, even in the sad. For sure. And I I really appreciate you sharing this. And I think anyone that's listening, especially if someone has gone through this, or maybe you're someone like me who hasn't, but you would love to be able to empathize with somebody else a little bit more. Um, Hopefully you can gain a little bit of insight from Manda's experience. And I'm just really thankful for you for sharing this because I know at one point you were like, I don't even know when I will feel comfortable sharing this. And that wasn't even that long ago. So um, it's amazing how quickly your, your mindset can change and how confident and comfortable you can become in such a short period of time. Um, So if any of you have experienced you know, something like this, our hearts go out to you and you can always feel free to reach out to us. We will, we'd love to respond to any questions you have. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you again next week on Blame It On Mom Brain. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. See you next time. I swear. <laughs> <sighs>